Blog Talk Radio. It's February 25th, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-hosts David Fillion and Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Also, we expect to have a guest on this evening. Please remember that good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. To be sure, each and every member of the leadership team of Working for a Living is committed to returning our union, the UAW, to a labor ethos, and that ethos then administered in the interest of all the rank-and-file membership. Having said that, we certainly hope most of you enjoyed Revering past President's Day last Monday, especially the one-third of our membership who enjoyed the day off because of the the type of work that you do, as as distinguished from us auto workers that uh, are not afforded that holiday. Um, And we also hope that you stayed safe, most of you, this past uh, two weeks. Thank you. Uh, Let us now please observe a moment of silence for the victims, families, and friends of the Florida school shooting. Announcements. As always, uh, Team Working for a Living supports Medicare for Everyone and removing the cap on the earnings that are subject to Social Security so that everybody pays their fair share. Um, Applebee's announced it's going to close 80 stores. chain. That's not good news. Uh, The NLRB is asking for comments on the issue of certification. Please see our uh, website in order to uh, find out how you do that. Uh, We'll post that soon. Uh, It's been uh, just come out, so we'll get that out there to you. Uh, Also, uh, Title 29 USC 481G is a federal law that prohibits the use of dues dollars to promote union candidates. Should you be approached by anyone being paid or otherwise using dues dollars to promote any candidate, please let Working for a Living know at Working for a Living at workingforaliving.com. That's uh, very important. We are well aware that there are a number of people circulating throughout the plants recently uh, under the guise of uh, union business that also have some other uh, vested interest in mind. So if uh, they cross the line, please let us know. Messages and email, there were several. We just picked one tonight because it's kind of long. Um, I uh, This is from a very dis- distressed Uh, person. I'm not sure if it's a a brother or sister. I felt that way when I got hired in 10 years ago. I was so excited to be working at General Motors. But as the years have gone by, I have seen and been a part of such bullshit from our union. I feel I fight with our union for my rights more than I do management. And every new person when they get elected and pass out paper on what they will do 
for us, and they don't. They fail in the same old crap, and are even worse. Are even worse. This is my experience, and my feelings. Sorry, I would love to be that person I was when I started, but they broke that with lie after lie after lie. And I'm not even going to say the state with this one. We don't know if you're a brother or sister. We feel your pain. And because of messages like this from people like you all around our country coming in to our team nearly every day, it reinvigorates us to go and help to change that. And that change gets done this June. We aspire to make our union back to where it was at one time. You'll hear a little more about that in my own report this evening. So it's sad that you and so many other people feel that way in our union. So having... uh, Let's move on to this week's quote. Uh, It's kind of an interesting quote. We've had it a couple times. You can't win the Kentucky Derby with a plow horse. Or a riding mule, for that matter. That's from a famous Michigan State University football player who graduated from Cardinal Mooney in Youngstown, Ohio. That ought to narrow it down for those of you that know him or went there or coached there. Uh, This week we're going to have a definition. Uh, The word we're going to have is accessory. An accessory is a legal term. Merriam-Webster says, an accessory is a person who assists in the commission of a crime but who does not actually perpetrate in the commission of the crime as a joint principle. If two or more are directly responsible for the act, they can be charged as, a, as joint principles. And it refers to C, common purpose. Again, C, common purpose. That's interesting. You see, you don't have to actually do the act you have to be supporting somebody that does the act. That's interesting. A lot of stuff going on recently. I think everybody will keep that in mind. So, having said all of that, uh, let's bring on Jeff Brown. Hello, oh, right? Jeff. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Uh, let's get on. Uh, you, you, first of all, do you have anything interesting going on in in your world that you want to, or you can talk about? I know there's some stuff that you probably shouldn't. That's really good, but uh, uh, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. But that was probably taking about three or four shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just you know we're still fighting our local leadership. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to do so. And, um, you know, we've been fighting corruption in the UAW. I have, actually, since 
2009. Uh, now it's 2018, and I'm gonna keep on going at it. There you go, brother. All I got to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, there's you know there's uh, that quote that I, I mentioned this evening. Uh, yeah. And uh, or not the quote, but rather definition. And do you think that might be uh, applicable to anybody that you know without getting into any group or name or anything like that? Well, I couldn't think of a few people. Uh, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll relate to uh, that definition. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, stuff, yeah. We, uh, we okay. will. Well, uh, go, go ahead. We will... Um, Make some changes here. Hopefully, real soon. Um, I don't want to say well, I know anything yet. I know you got some real good news. We can't we can't discuss that. But you know, I mean, go ahead and finish whatever you want to say there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, we uh, it's gonna be a little bit of karma coming back to some people. I'm just <laughs> pretty that. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, all I can say. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've, I got, you know, regarding all of that, uh, I've had a grin on my face most of this past weekend, uh, late, late last week. It's been uh, ever present on my face. <laughs> uh, so just, you know, I know it's a little cryptic for your listeners, but um, believe us, we'll, uh, we'll enlighten you. Uh, here in another week or so, maybe three, and it's really good news, brothers and sisters. So you'll you'll like it. Uh, I'm sure you'll like it as well. Uh, David, how are you doing there? Really good. Glad to be here tonight, Dave. Starting to get some warming up. The ice is done. No more ice fishing. So spring cleaning starts. And, uh, then we have a lot of work that we need to do. We're about four months away from the convention. Right. Correct. That's correct. Uh, anything also, else going on here, Nick, the woods? Uh, well, as you know, um, working for Eleven does things in the community as well. Um, and uh, Let's just say there's some Republicans out here that aren't that happy. But there's nothing we can do about that, is there? No, no. There were a lot of resignations about nine months ago or eight months ago, and and uh, they they're not happy about that. And then the, some of the federal authorities come into the community, and we don't know how they got there. Really, quite honestly, we don't. But somebody was watching, and. Uh, you fixed some some really bad things that were going on in your community, and there's some other things that are being fixed as as uh, this spring now starts to manifest itself, so that your lake there in particular is being uh, taken better care of, and the fish will have a a better opportunity to grow, live, and survive there. So, uh, having said that. Uh, if you don't have anything else, David, let's go into Jeff's report on the Constitution. Uh, we have, uh, as uh, after we get through Jeff's 
uh, part there, and we'll ask him if there's any uh, uh, such uh, resolutions that might be needed in this section. Uh, these are really interesting uh, parts of the Constitution. Uh, if, I don't know if uh, Jeff's going to recap a couple of sections uh, from last week or not, but um, this, this is really an interesting section. Once Jeff is done and we recap and see if there's any changes in this part that may be needed, uh, we're going to bring on a special guest, and there was a constitutional question raised uh, early this afternoon, so we didn't have a lot of time, but uh, I've, I've gone in and, and perfected this, uh, and we have a good answer for uh, the uh, uh, question that's going to be coming. So um, with that said, Jeff, you want to go ahead and start uh, with your report, please? Yeah, um, I think I left off at Section 12 um, last time we had a show. Uh, we can, uh, this is Article Article what? Article 10. 10. Okay, yeah. Um, let's see. What we'll, we'll recap Section 6 is a... No member shall be nominated or elected as an elected officer of the International Union as set forth in this Section 1 of this article, who has not been in continuous good standing for a period of one year preceding the date of nomination. Um, it's kind of self-explanatory. So we'll go back down to Section 12. I'm not going to do the whole article, Leroy. It's just very, very long. And I, yeah, I understand. Go ahead. To talk about. Um, Section 12. No member of any local union should be eligible to hold or seek any elective or appointed position in an international union or in any local union if he, is, he she firmly engage in the promotion, implementation, furtherance, or support of any other or collect a bargaining group with the purpose of attending subfamily the international union or any subordinate body thereof. There, yeah. As recognized collective bargaining agent in efforts to decertify the international union or any subordinate body thereof as a recognized collective bargaining agent or providing or abetting an employer or another union to dwarf organizations' efforts by the UAW to become a bargaining agent. If, upon the investigation by the International Union, it should be appeared by convincing evidence that any member is a violation of this section, the International President or the International Executive Board may similarly suspend that member from any office or position, or the right to seek such office or position. Said suspended member shall be promptly notified within 30 days of such notification, may appeal the suspension, in which case the member's appeal shall be processed in the same manner as, as the appeals to the International Executive Board from decisions of. Do my glasses right. Uh, shall be possibly the same manner of appeals 
The international executive board from decisions of supporting bodies under Article 33 of this Constitution provided that the suspension shall automatically be lifted unless the international executive board has rendered its decision within 120 days of the day of the appealing members commence an appeal. If the suspended member fails to appeal on the suspension within 30 days allowed or if the international board upon review upholds the suspension by two-thirds vote, the member shall be considered removed from any office or position he she may have held, as well as from the privileges of seeking election or an appointment of any office or position, and the member shall not thereafter be eligible to hold any office or position until the removal has been lifted, like, lifted by a two-thirds vote of the International Executive Board. Any member shall suspended who has taken the appeal to the International Executive Board without having the suspension lifted may appeal the suspension either to the Public Review Board or the Convention of Appeals Committee as provided in Article 33 of this Constitution. Procedure provided in this section shall be in addition to and exclusively of any other action which may be taken against such a member. Uh, Section 13, no member removed from office or position by any reason of a conviction or any offensive enumerated in Section 17 of Article 31 by the local union trial committee shall be restored to office or position by reason of reversal of such conviction by the body which the elected trial committee or until after the elapsed days of, of 60 days following such a reversal with peer review having been ordered by the International Executive Board. Uh, section 14, whenever a member of Whenever any member removed from the elective office or position by reason of having a conviction, a convicted of an office shall have the, uh, taken an appeal under Article 33. Whenever a review of such conviction shall have been ordered by the International Executive Board under Section 18, Article 31, vacancy of an office or position may be Filled according to the according to the applicable provisions in Section 14 of Article 38 or Section 15 of this article, any successor any successor in such office or position shall hold the office or position subject to the right of restoration or the removal of officer upon reversal his and her conviction subject to Article 13 in this article. Section... Hey, Jeff, that's that's probably good enough for this week. You know, I mean, uh, that's a lot. Uh, Yeah. uh, This is uh, real real interesting stuff here. Uh, This uh, Section 13 deals with uh, someone who's uh, had a convi- conviction of an offense as enumerated by Article or Section 17 of Article 31, 
and that also is, uh, I believe, Title 29 U.S.C. 504 uh, in the Federal Code, because a lot of times you'll find that our UAW Constitution just quite simply mimics the federal law, and then they put it into our Constitution. They weave it in as they need it, and this is stuff that really can't be changed. Uh, so, um, because it's actually federal law, and you know, when we put it in here, when they put it in here, uh, it actually satisfied the need uh, uh, for um, the federal law says that you have to reiterate this, and once it's in the Constitution, then it, that satisfies a lot of those requirements for notification, et cetera. Uh, so that. Uh, that's why that's here, and um, some of you listeners may or may not know that Jeff and his team and his local union uh, have actually stood up to the corruption that's gone on in his local union and the corruption of a, a member who violated all of this thir- 13 and and Article 3117 and 504 Labor Code. They were successful in removing a confirmed barred member who was a narcotics felon, convicted narcotics felon. And not only our leadership and the rest of our team and support of our team, but everybody in our union owes those three, two brothers and a sister, a, a great debt of gratitude for standing up to an injustice and a wrong and making our union a better place so it's not being uh, populated by such persons as violate the federal law or this Constitution. So, brother, from me and the team, and on behalf of the listeners, I'll go so far as to say that. Thank you for standing up as a part of our team to the corruption that's going on in our union at all levels, and most, assert, most assuredly at your own level in the local union. Thank you, brother. I mean, team working for a living supports you in your efforts, and you're part of us. So our team uh, is doing this, and you've come under a lot of scrutiny, and uh, a lot of things have occurred to you three in the past eight months that we're not going to get into right now because it's still all pending. But we will let the membership know what's occurred in no uncertain terms to you and the ultimate result. So thank you, Jeff, and to your team members. We appreciate it. Thanks. What we do. What we uh, do. Yeah. Uh, this, there's another part of this section that you read, read tonight that's real important here. Everybody needs to understand this. You can't hold office at all. They'll take it away from you until such two-thirds vote to overturn it, which takes a lot, a two-thirds vote of the International Executive Board to overturn this one. No member of any local union shall be eligible to hold or seek elected elected appointed office position in the international or any local union. Listen, that's forever. That is forever. 
if she or he affirmatively engages in the promotion, implementation, furtherance, or support of any other union or collective bargaining group for the purpose or intent of supplanting the international union. That's a big deal. You can't hold office if you've done that, or if an organization you belong to has done that. That goes back to that whole thing we just talked about, accessory. One of our team members just sent in, thank you, Leroy, for all the work that you've done on behalf of the Jeff and company. Well, it, it's a labor of love with me. It's a lot of long, hard work. And I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll say this. 324 pages of legal documents have been written in their defense. That is a lot of work. So thank you to the sister that just sent that in. I appreciate that, and I know it's echoed by the rest of the team. It has been, but it's a lot of work. Some of the stuff that I've been doing has kept us from campaigning like we'd like to because we really do want to ascend the leadership of our great union and right our ship, make our mast on this ship stand up straight and tall once again. Ship, the UAW. So I haven't said that. But uh, getting back to this uh, Article 10, Section 12, this is a big deal. It doesn't say for any period of time. This says, you know, you are... Uh, no member shall be eligible to hold or seek collective office. That's huge, folks, huge. If you're out there promoting another union, and I know some of you are talking about bringing the Teamsters in and all kinds of other things, supplanting us in, or furthering some other effort. If that happens, you can't participate in holding elected or appointed office, ever. That's not once in a while. That says you shall not be eligible. No member shall be eligible, it says. All right. Just I can't emphasize enough. Some of the things that are going on in our union right now need to end. We know we got trouble. And we're going to fix it. Not me. Not Jeff. Not David. A whole hell of a lot of us are going to fix it. And some of you good brothers and sisters are going to stand up and do your part as well. This cannot be done by any individual. But collectively, we're going to fix it. We'll offer some direction, and then it's up to the rest of us in our union to fix it. But we cannot tear down our union by bringing other unions in, by suing ourselves, or any other thing that makes us weaker. I haven't said that. We have a good guest on our show tonight, and uh, like to bring him on. I'll just. Uh, uh, let him know that he's he's live now. 
I didn't I didn't screen him because I didn't have <laughs> the opportunity to go over and screen you. So you're you're going to be live now, uh, so that you know you're on the air. And uh, please welcome Tom to the show. And Tom, if you'd like to uh, tell us about your uh, uh, situation, the constitutional question that you brought before us here this evening, would you please uh, say hi to everybody and the listeners, and then. Um, uh, let us know what your issue is, please. I sure will, uh, Leroy, and thanks for uh, allowing me to uh, come on and uh, ask these questions tonight in regards to uh, our, our folks from Local 1714, which has been merged with 1112, in regards to our uh, opportunities to be involved with the upcoming Constitutional Convention uh, in June. We are being informed because we did not retire from 1112. Uh, we did not have a right to run for delegate or even uh, vote for the delegates that were going to attend the Constitutional Convention being 1714 members. Even if we would uh, choose to transfer our membership from 1714 to the retirees chapter in 1112, we still would not qualify to either run or vote for any delegates running uh, in that election for the Constitutional Convention. I also would like to answer your question in your opening statement. A very good friend of mine, when he was younger and I was coaching at Cardinal Mooney, the answer is Ted Bell. Do I get a prize for that, uh, Leroy? <laughs> oh, no, no, it wasn't Teddy. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was ahead of Ted. Yeah, it was, Ted was, uh, under, uh, well, I'll say this, Ted was on the same team. Uh, I believe he was, yeah. Uh, I, uh, but uh, McCullough. Okay, I got you. You know who I'm talking about. I got you. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. They're both in your yes, Hall I of do. Fame there. But you're right, Ted Bell. But uh, uh, he, well, there's a whole lot of story behind that. But uh, you're right, he was the best running back in the country at the time. And uh, he's got a lot of accolades and quite famous for that. But the other ones, he has his own fame. You know, he, he stood up and... Uh, uh, a um, uh, uh, the uh, geez, uh, baseball player. He uh, gave him accolades and said that he actually made he beat Michigan, and the reason they beat Michigan is because of his play uh, in that game. Uh, so yeah, um, so anyhow, uh, but. He's quite famous in his own right, but you're right. Uh, Teddy Bell was uh, probably more famous than him, and much, much better uh, uh, as a, a, a running back than, than our brother Jody Mack was. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. you know, I, I had to throw that in there because I know you coached for Cardinal Mooney basketball for like 20 years there, and so but I have a lot yeah. of friends yeah. from there. Yeah. Anyhow, okay, um, but. Uh, uh, Thanks for your question. Uh, I know everybody looks for the easy answer in the Constitution. And they look to the interpretations for Article 55, Section 1A. And uh, 1A uh, simply says that not the interpretations, but the Section 1A, Article 55, under retirees, Section 1, uh, local union retiree workers' chapters. Now, 
pay attention to this real close when I read this. A local union having 25 retired members or more shall establish a local union retired workers chapter which shall hold a regular general membership meeting at least once a month. Now, pay attention to what I just said. This is key. A local union having 25 retired members or more shall establish a local union retired chap workers chapter which shall hold a regular general membership meeting at least once a month. Now, now let's go back to what they're talking about uh, in the interpretations of that article and section. Okay, and I'm going to read this. It's, it's a long paragraph. Where a member of a local union is transferred, that's a key word too, where a member of a local union is transferred from one local union to another under a corporate collective bargaining agreement and upon retirement is desirous of returning to his, her, I'm sorry, her, his, uh, original local union to establish membership and participate in the activities of the retired workers chapter, such member may do so with the understanding that her his membership rights in her his original local union would be limited to the retiree workers retired workers chapter and not in the local union according to article 6 section 19 and we'll get into that in a second of the international constitution while participating in the retired workers chapter only she he may hold retired workers, retired workers chapter office, but may not be a candidate nor be elected as a retiree representative on the local union executive board. Now, the paragraph goes on. Where a retired member has been transferred under the above circumstances and returns to her his original local union within one year, he, she may exercise full membership rights in both the local union and the chapter in, and the chapter in accordance with Article 6, Section 19 of the International Constitution. And this verbiage, this uh, interpretation was from Detroit Convention, uh, May 8, uh, 1973, and that's under pages 27 and 28. You can find it there. Now, let's just talk about that a minute. These are transfers, okay? And it's interesting to note that in the second instance, she can, or that he, she can participate in both the local union and the chapter in accordance with Article 6, Section 19. Now, this, is gonna, this answer is pretty long, I'm going to tell you. So just bear with us. But it's an interesting uh, a set of constitutional questions here. Uh, so, And it seems like it was one, but it turned out to be a number. All right, so let's just say that in the first instance, okay, and I'm going to use General Motors and Flint and Lansing because I'm pretty versed in that. 
and been a member of both of those, you know, several of those unions, actually four, uh, but there's two that I'm going to talk about here. Where a member of a local union is transferred from one local union to another under a collective bargaining agreement. All right, let's just say, for example, and this is uh, Local 659 is amalgamated, and they have an SPO uh, unit. That's a, the parts division. It's, uh, I think they call it CCA or AAC, AAC now, I think, uh, GMAAC. And let's say that they have um, paragraph 70 uh, or 96 move where you have uh, the, uh, the job assignment moving from one uh, location to another under the collective agreement. Okay, well, they move from local 659 over to 1753 in Lansing, physically move, and that's where they begin working. And they subsequently retire, but they don't know anybody in the Lansing area, and all the retirees are doing stuff in in the, uh, the Flint area. They know that whole community, so they uh, apply to transfer back. Transfer. Transfer back. And that's the language that everybody's referring to here. They transfer back. And they get in back into local 659 retiree chapter group, and they give up their right when they do that to participate in the uh, goings on of the local union, and may only participate in the retired worker chapter. Okay, in that instance. Now the second half of this paragraph deals with a retired member who's been transferred on the above, under the above circumstances. That means under the corporate collective bargaining agreement. Let's just say, for example, that the parts division, General Motors Parts Division in Flint at Local 659 closes, and there's no more amalgamated unit. And all of the workers that were there get transferred to Lansing 1753 Parts Division. So the workers and the retirees get corporate transfer to Lansing. If within one year the retirees want to return, now remember the retiree, the retired person, the retired member got transferred, even though they're retired, from 659 over to 1753 because that, it, you know, and it's hypothetical that unit closed. It's not going to close. I mean, I don't want anybody to think that this is, if they just joined us, that that's going to occur. It, this is a hypothetical situation that we're explaining how these two paragraphs, or this long paragraph with two sections in it, then uh, will, would apply. So if they closed, if, and they moved them over to Lansing, that's the actives and the retired, they would be in 1753, participating over there fully a member of 1753 and uh, the local and the retired chapter, okay? So they then want to go back to Flint because that's where all their pals are, and they apply to go back. If they do that within one year, these retirees that through no fault of their own just got moved over, if they do that within one year, they can exercise full membership rights back in their original local union as specified under Article 6, Section 19 for retirees. And again, that was uh, May 8, 1973 on pages 
27 and 28. Now there's a second interpretation for this paragraph. And this one, retired worker transfer between local unions. Now, I hope that was clear on that transfer, whether you're an active member and then you retire and you want to go back, where you lose membership, or if you're a retired member and the plant would close and you'd get transferred to another local, and then you would have a, a full membership and retired status there. But then if you want to return, you would uh, have to do it within a year, and then you would have your, if, after a year, you wouldn't. You'd have just a retiree chapter status. But if you did it within a year, you'd have full status. Okay, um, these are for transfers. I'm going to keep repeating that. Okay, now the second half, uh, this is the second interpretation, retired worker transfers between local unions. Where a member is retired and her, his local union in accordance with Article 6, Section 19, and we'll get to that in a second, and desires to participate in a retired worker's chapter other than his, her own local union, such retired member may do so upon application to the retired workers chapter to which she he wishes to transfer, and if such application is approved by affirmative action of the membership of that retired workers chapter, her his retired membership may be transferred. Okay, and that means they can they can transfer such membership in the new retired workers chapter will be limited to the retired workers chapter only and she he would have no membership rights in the new local union in accordance with article 6 section 19 her his rights would of participation would be limited to the retired workers chapter she he may hold office in the retired workers chapter but would not be entitled to be a candidate for or elected to the retirees chapter position on the local union executive board again this is detroit may 8 1973 pages 28 and 29 and the others was pages 27 and 28 okay both of these interpretations that seem to be prevalent, prevalent in the the interpretation for retirees in the case of uh, Local 1714 and uh, 1112 merging, uh, this is what's being bandied about. Very clearly, this is what they're saying, that you give up your right at the local union and you only participate in your own chapter. Well, let's take a look at this. Notice all notice in both all of these instances that the original local union remained in existence. These were transfers between locals, in either forced because of a closing or for some contractual uh, bargaining agreement, or a transfer that you initiated yourself from one local to another. These are transfers. Okay, now keep that in mind. Now, let's take a look at this in the broader sense. Uh, you heard a lot about Article 6, Section 19. That's under membership. 
and I'm going to read that section to you. Any member in good standing who is retired shall be entitled to retired member status, which, without being required to pay membership dues during the period of such retirement, shall, and this is bolded now, and I bolded it, shall entitle him, her, 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 him, to all of the privilege of membership except the right to vote in elections conducted pursuant to Article 19, Section 3, Article 45, Section 2, and Article 50, Sections 1 and 5. Now, essentially, those are, uh, you can't ratify an agreement. You may not uh, hold or vote for uh, bar any bargaining, any local union uh, office that handles grievances at the local level. And you may not uh, vote under Article 50 to start or stop a strike. I've written a great big long article on all of this uh, about what the rights of retirees are as far as uh, what they can do or not do. By the way, retirees are not are not prohibited from holding International Executive Board office, just as an aside. Now, let's finish this paragraph here. Uh, so you, you can't uh, vote in those elections, but you have all of the privileges of membership, all of them, just like an active worker, with those exceptions on voting and holding office. Okay. Appropriate cards denoting such membership status shall be prepared by the international union and furnished to local unions upon request and at cost. The regular withdrawal transfer provisions of the Constitution shall be applicable if such retired member returns to active employment. So, retirees are members of the local union. And in this case, retirees are members of Local Union 1714. Hmm. Well, a little different twist on that little stuff that they talked about transfers. So, now let's talk about retiree chapters. And we talked about this a second ago, but I want to go over it again. Okay, retiree chapters. Okay, remember now, the retirees have membership in a local union. Full status with few ex limiting ex exceptions to vote. Remember this now. This is the section on local union retired workers' chapters. A local union having 25 retired members or more shall establish a local union retired workers chapter which shall hold a regular general membership meeting at least once a month. All right. So, 1714 created a retiree chapter as it had more than 25 retired members. So it had to create a retiree chapter almost like a standing committee. So according, according
accordingly, 1714 retirees are both under Article 6, Section 19 that we just went over, a member of Local 1714 entitling her him to all privileges of membership except to vote in certain instances. And under Article 55, Section 1A, they're also a member of Local Union 1714 Retiree Chapter. Now I'm going to ask um, these questions. Tom, you're there, yep. right? Well, I am here. Does, does Local 1714 currently exist? Uh, it has been merged with 1112. Does, does, Due to does, contractual issues, uh, the international and management with the shop committees, from what I understand, had sat down up in Detroit with a go-ahead for a, the merger. Took effect, okay. I believe, the October the 2nd, which was about five right. months ago. I'm going to ask you a question again. Does Local 1714 currently exist? Retirees chapter, to my knowledge, no, no. yes. Oh, no, 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 no. And answer the question. Does Local 1714 no. currently exist? No. No. Now remember, a local union having 25 members or more can start a retiree chapter. Okay? It exists under the authority of an existing local union. That doesn't, it no longer exists. It's been merged, correct? Right, correct. Okay, okay. so since 1714 does not exist, and Local 1714 under Article 55, Section 1A have a retiree chapter. Answers no. Why? Because it merged with 1112. There's no authority for a retiree chapter for local 1714 because 1714 no longer exists. It merged with 1112. Everything you just said made complete sense to me. Now. Okay, now we're, How do well, we, we're, having, I, we're having this show. Now we're going to get into some more here. There's more. I got it. <laughs> it makes complete sense now, doesn't it? It's, it is, in fact, yes, the authority of, of how retiree chapters exist. If the local union doesn't exist, there's no authority under Article 55, Section 1A. None. doesn't exist anymore. So the chapter... When the local merged, was required to turn in their charter because they had no authority to continue. The local union, quite simply, did not exist under which they were chartered. And now we're going to take a look at something else. Continuous standing. Okay? And this is under Article 38, Section 3. 
that says, no member shall be eligible for election as an executive officer of the local union until she, he has been a member in continuous good standing in a local union for one year immediately prior to the nomination, except as in case of newly organized local union. Now, when you go to the interpretations for Article 38, Section 3, there are ten of them. This is in the back of the Constitution. And that's where that other, those, those transfers were back there in the back of the Constitution. Okay? And the interpretation number nine for Article 38, Section 3, says, locals merging does not affect members' continuous good standing. Where local unions are merged, the members in good standing of the local union so merged will be considered members in good standing of the local they are merged into. Now. Very clear to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. The interpretations yeah. for transfers do not apply to mergers. Retirees are members of the local union and members of the retiree chapter as provided under the authority of local union, in this case, 1714, under Article 30, I'm sorry, Article 55, Section 1A, they have a charter attached to local 1714. When 1714 no longer existed because it merged with 1112, the authority for the retiree chapter evaporated. And now the retirees, under the interpretations and all, well, all, and the, all members of the union, local union, under the interpretations of 9A, are now transferred in good standing and merged into the new, new local union. And they would then become, as a retiree, a member of the retiree chapter that does have authority under 551A, and that would be the retiree chapter of 1112. So the answer, in short, my friend, is that while your local union merged, and there's a lot of grief going on about that, All members of Local 1714 transferred, were merged and transferred, not transferred, or were merged into 1112 with full membership status. All members. And as you heard, Article 6, Section 19 said that retirees have full membership in the local union, which they are part of. If it merges, you move with the merge. Retirees are not considered any different in this instance than an active member. You are a member in full standing, in our opinion, of Local 1112, and you are also a member in full standing of the retiree chapter of Local Union 1112 that does have the authority under Article 55, Section 1A.
brother, you can run for anything that's not prohibited in and you or anybody else in eleven twelve, or I'm sorry, in, in seventeen fourteen, can run for any office you want to that's not prohibited as a retiree under Article Six, Section Nineteen, and those are the you can't run, you can't vote for ratification of agreement. Although we have an, a, a, a resolution uh, to do that, uh, and you may not vote start or strike, start or stop a strike. You may not hold or vote for any local union office that handles local union agree, uh, uh, grievances. And I believe that covers those stipulations in the uh, article that articles that are referred to in section Article 6, Section 19. I hope that satisfies everybody listening to this damn show because there's a whole lot of stuff going on about retirees that's absolutely incorrect. As far as we're concerned, and the international ought to listen to this show and get their head out of their butt because they're not doing their job, and that's why they're there, because they've been promoted well beyond their own capacity. Well, Leroy, I would uh, only add something here, and I really appreciate it, uh, the information that I received from you tonight. And I hope, hopefully, and uh, there were several members from 1714 and compassionate members from 1112 that fully agree with the statement you just made in regards to the fact that uh, we as 1714 members should have a right to vote and should have those privileges. And I, I really do appreciate it, and I hope those uh, brothers and sisters that had contacted me about this question uh, are listening tonight and, uh, and really appreciate what you guys are doing out here in this particular Working for a Living group. I've been following you uh, folks for uh, several months now because a lot of us have been disgruntled. And it's not over our brothers and sisters from 1112 by any stretch of the imagination. We get along quite quite well with one another, and uh, it, it's been a tough process for everybody out there at the plant. I'm retired, but I, I still have a lot of working friends out there. And uh, they seem to be meshing pretty good, but there's still some things out there that uh, need to be done uh, to to make this thing better for everybody that's still working out at Lordstown and uh, unfortunately uh, there's drawbacks somewhere and it isn't locally it's someplace else and uh, uh, it's it's just a sin that people forget who they really work for and uh, they, they somehow got it twisted around uh, it just frustrates the hell out of me that somebody in positions of power think that we're working for them and not the other way around but I thank you for, for this information, and I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to talk to a few folks here in the next couple of days, and uh, hopefully we can get this ironed out because I know there's quite a few fellows in the retiree group, both 1112 and 1714, that want to run for delegates and want their voices to be heard uh, at the Constitutional Convention. And uh, hopefully uh, people will agree with the, the statements that uh, – are there in black and white, and uh, we get this process rolling. I really do appreciate it. Leroy and, and, and Jeff and David, you guys do a great job, and uh, 
I enjoy listening to these podcasts, and I'm just just happy that I had uh, stuck my nose around being retired. I got a lot of time and found this group, and uh, there's many out there, and this one sort of stuck to me as far as their interest in regards to UAW workers working on the floor. So I thank you for your help, and uh, I'm sorry I got the question wrong. Uh, I'll let you go back to your show now. <laughs> so. You had the question right, brother. <laughs> I'll say you did anything wrong. I uh, yeah. I want to I want to just summarize what you're yeah. being told by a whole lot of folks when they look at the interpretations for, uh, for section Article 55, Section 1A. Those are for transfers. They're not for mergers. Mergers are a completely different animal, okay, and that's what they're misinterpreting. I have this. It's a written opinion. I can I'll probably have to tune it up a little bit, but pretty much everything I said I was reading tonight from my written opinion that I made up this afternoon for you. And the show got a little put in the, the back burner a little because this is a very important issue. But I want as you approach this, brother. Uh, please remember that you're being told about transfers and how people that are transferred don't have rights in the local and limited rights in the retiree chapter chair or uh, 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 retiree's chapter, work, retiree workers chapter. Uh, and that is not applicable to mergers in any way, shape, or, fir- or form. Okay, so uh, just just keep that in mind as you approach this, and I'll get this to you. I know how to get a hold of you, uh, brother, and I'll I'll get this written opinion to you uh, so that you too can uh, uh, get that into the hands of uh, those that you think might uh, need it to uh, administer the Constitution properly. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for your question. We really appreciate having you here. You didn't say much. I, I know I kept you sort of answering my question because it was it was important that the question get answered specifically the way I asked it. So um, uh, anyhow, you uh, you take care, brother. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, uh, we'll let you get back to your family and your grandkids there and, and uh, the rest of your membership. So thanks a lot, Tom. Okay, thanks, brothers. Uh, I really do uh, reaffirm this, that uh, your show is very, very informative, and uh, I encouraged uh, most of the people that I talk to to tune this uh, uh, podcast on and listen to it, and don't be afraid to uh, utilize tools out there that you do have on your website to get correct information, to get vital information in regards to how we can better ourselves as union brothers and sisters working together. I don't think anybody uh, means to harm anything, but uh, there's always a bad apple somewhere in that batch, and uh, unfortunately we've had a few. So thank you for having me on, gentlemen, and good night. That's it's the sisters floating around out here too. They're just not on the air, Tom. So uh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll put you back in listen mode, brother, so that uh, you can stay with us if you want, or you can just uh, log off. But uh, thanks for for coming on and adding to our show this evening. I hope it helped a lot of people in your community and in my former. That's where I grew up. So I, I took a little extra effort here to make sure that you uh, got what what I think is the best answer. Thank you. Thank you very much.
Okay, so Tom's back in listen mode, and here we are uh, with that uh, decision uh, opinion written for them. As you can tell, the uh, Constitution is an amazing document, but you really have to know it quite well in order to administer it. Uh, and there's a lot of people just looking at the transfer portion of that, and they forgot all about the merger and what retiree rights actually are. So, uh, having said that, uh, I believe David is uh, still out there in the wings uh, wanting to uh, get his report in. So, um, uh, David, you there and ready actually for your report? You, actually, if you want, Leroy, um, I can defer to you so that you can do your report tonight if you'd like. And I'll well, I'll tell take you what. Up. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, that was such an important issue, and it's so long. It was very detailed, very, you know, you, you had to go through the whole thing. I mean, it's you know, almost a mini class on this. Uh, quite frankly, we're we're well after eight o'clock uh, here, uh, and you know, we have both of us pretty lengthy reports, so we could defer those to next week if uh, that's all right with uh, you, I David. I would do one. Well, go ahead and do yours. I wouldn't do one. I'll do, one that's, I'll do one that's um, short, and then we'll wrap it up, and then we'll talk about corporate responsibility next week. Yeah, because they're tied um, together. The corporate responsibility in my report were tied together. So if you want to just do that one, go ahead, and then uh, then we'll wrap it up. How's that? I've been talking too long. Sounds good. Okay, sounds good. Right. Take a break. Um, I'd like to speak this week um, about... Um, Donald Trump's, um, oh, darn it, I said his name, number 45. Um, I don't like to say his name. But at any rate, um, he has nominated John Ring to um, fill the fifth vacant seat on the National Labor Relations Board. Um, Ring, um, he comes from um, a law firm that's known as a top union buster. Um, Ring heads the firm's labor management relations practice and openly admits he represents management's interests. His nomination drew praise from the corporate lobbyists. Um, Ring's confirmation would open the door to the board to consider many other flawed rulings by the Obama NLRB. That's the Chamber of Commerce's opinion. This is why he would why he will achieve. Um, he um, will join um, on the uh, board. He will join um, Marvin Kaplan, William Emanuel and Democrats Mark Gaston and Pierce and Lauer, Lauren McFerrin. Um, right now, it's a 2-2 um, board, but if he receives confirmation, then the board will be three Republicans and two Democrats, and they will be headed up by Peter Robbs, General Counsel. These are four-year terms for these five, and uh, it's going to be a long five years with these folks. So 
Um, that's not very good news. Um, these are very damaging things for labor. And uh, we step into the voting votes in November of this year. Please, for God's sakes, remember, the Republicans do not have our best interests at heart. And uh, that's all I have to say on that, Leroy. It looks like the uh, he probably will be nominated, and that will round out the Labor Relations Board for the foreseeable future. Not in our benefit. Okay. Okay, bro. This is not good news, brothers and sisters. Jeff, do you have anything to add to, add to uh, David's report or even with, uh, with uh, the uh, opinion that we offered Tom tonight? Uh, no. I'm okay, anyway. Okay. All right. Thank you. I see a lot of friendly numbers in the uh, chat in the uh, switchboard. Um, and thank you for uh, tuning in tonight. And we got a pretty, you know, it's, it's maxed out. Our switchboard's full right now. So I see a couple people dropping off a little bit. But uh, uh, it's been a, uh, a joy to present yet another show for so many people. And uh, we're, we're bouncing around 39,000 listening in on the, on the uh, website now, too. So uh, real close to 40. So th- thanks, everybody, for listening tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask Jeff for any closing comments he might have. Nope. Don't have anything to say, Leroy. Everybody have a good week. Yeah. David, do you have any closing comments? No, sir. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I've talked away far too much tonight on this. I hope uh, we shed some light on a very important issue for a couple of local unions. And I noticed well, that they I came to us. I could certainly listen to you talk for hours, Leroy. In fact, I have. <laughs> um, well, you never, you're, you're, you've never bored me one time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so, for that. that I mean, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, uh, it's it's an honor that we were asked tonight to uh, perfect that issue to give it, you know, because I I know that that was uh, being bandied about on that. Uh, there's two or three uh, Facebook pages, and there were some emails flying back and forth, and uh, I got to tell you, it's an honor that they came to us to ask the question. We really appreciate that. And it's, you know, I can't tell you how how much it uh, it means to us to be the, the group that was asked, because we did discuss this between ourselves. Uh, and then I got, I dug into it and, and, and told the, the fellows that, and the, the other ladies in the team that uh, I'd be doing this tonight. So um, it wasn't part of what we were going to do on the, on the show tonight. Uh, came in late uh, as a late item, and but it was very important, so we did it. But we're also so very honored to be asked, and that you didn't ask anybody else; you asked us. That's that speaks volumes, and we appreciate it. We we appreciate it. Uh, we we like to do our best for the membership in all instances. So, uh, those of you listening, if you found value in this show tonight, or in our caucus in general. 
as we aspire to ascend to leadership and run our union in many of the ways that you're hearing us run this show. It's it's an easy transition at this point. In fact, we're doing a lot of stuff that the international is doing themselves. I mean, we wrote 324 pages of documents at the international and public review board level in one instance, and we've got about six of those that we've done over the past two years, most in the last year and a half. So it's an easy transition for us because we're doing a lot of the work right now. It really is. So uh, we appreciate your support. Please tell just one more member about us. And with that, uh, say goodnight to all our friends around the world, six continents, Canada, Mexico, all of our brothers and sisters in the United States and a few in Canada. Good night and have a safe week. We'll see you next week. Good night, David and Jeff. Good night, everybody.